nerds, you're listening to an episode on the Nerdcore podcast feed. If you're feeling generous, please consider pledging to a tier on our Patreon at patreon.com slash thenerdcore. We have tiers as low as $1 per month. Thanks so much, and enjoy the episode! Welcome back to Nerdcore Podcast. This is episode 427, and it is a Saturday morning review as we keep on playing catch-up here on the Nerdcore as we discuss Fellini Satyricon today. And as always, it is the Nerd you're going to hear to host the show launched by my wonderful co-host, Jan Yada. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another review of What the Fuck Did Raul Make Me Watch? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, hey, you know, there, there's just, there's some, look, I told you I never watched this one before either. That's no excuse. And? No excuse. Look, Brad, I told you, I told you this. Like, like, yeah, you literally give me shit for like, for like horrible movies that I didn't watch. So I'm gonna give you shit for what the fuck movies that you made me watch. At least it's not Venom, you know. Um, this is. This is true. This, this is, is very true. true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is not Venom. <laughs> we can agree on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's going on, man? How are you doing today? My Friday. I'm good. Yeah. Wine. Oh, tomorrow. Yeah. Wait. I Drink thought wine. Today. Feeling fine. <laughs> Wait. I, why do you mean it's your Friday today? So you're saying you have to go to work tomorrow? No, no. It's from my Friday today. I work four tens. So oh, it's literally okay. my Friday today. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you get to you get tomorrow you get to have some fun. Uh, well, um, it's a pretty good how's, day today. How, how's your day going, Ro? Eh, it's been all right. Um, you know, you know, we never ask you that. You always ask us how our day is, but we never ask back, Ro. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right, dude. Uh, just what's it called? Uh, hanging out. Uh, it's hot as all shit out here. It's hot everywhere, dude. Like it's it, it is an oven. Special a special fuck you to Urcot who wants us to keep our thermostats at seventy eight at this time. Yeah, that's not happening anytime <laughs> soon, bitch. I'm about to keep this thing up at seventy three. Hell no, bro. I got this thing blasting most of the day. I don't care if you can hear it in the recording. I'm putting that thing at seventy eight. No sir, this is for Urcot right here. I yeah. literally have three fans in my bedroom. I've just acquired them over the years and just have all placed them in the bedroom, just pointed in a triangular yeah. fashion. Yeah. And that's with you having a central a- AC unit too, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, dude, it's, it's no joke. hot. Yeah. Check on your friends who live in the South. This isn't fun. Um, I'm glad I don't sweat. I'm glad I don't have humidity at least. Dude, I just, um, you know what they say, like 78 while you're at home, 82 when you're asleep. Who the oh, hell yeah. sleeps at, who sleeps with at 82? I literally get my best sleep at like 63. So fuck y'all. Oh, dude. I just, I hate this state so much, man. Who sleeps at 82? Satyricon. Did Fellini make a Transformers? It's been off. Are we we going to talk about that Transformers 1984? God, I would love to. That Stacey turned us on to. I would really like to watch that soon. With with the Orson Welles voice cameo. Like, God damn! That I guess we can we can we can try to if we can find it like we can put that in the poll for the 
for the uh, for the commentaries oh, for next shit, month. Yeah, for, you know. yeah, let's do that. After, no, next month we if have we to do man. It. Next month we have to do for Mandy, but like you know, we'll we'll find a way. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, dude, uh, just hot as all hell out here. I watched this film today. Finished it. Watch. Finished watching it. I, I watched it on my Essential Fellini box set, which I was um. So apparently. So there's only 11 new restorations of these movies. This was one of the movies that was already restored before. So we watched that 4K digital transfer that they did of this movie. That made so, it look uh, really, really beautiful. Oh, yeah. They cleaned that thing up pretty good. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I was like, oh, there. I was like, I was waiting for like the little thing before when you get this. It usually has like, oh, you know, restored here. They took the negatives and they cleaned. No, no. I was like, oh, so I'm guessing this is one of the three that wasn't restored. I think it's this one. I think it's Roma because Roma was already 4K digitally restored. And I think Dolce Vita didn't have a restoration because it was already really good restoration they did of it. Hmm. But I'm, I'm not sure anymore. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, dude, I watched this film. Um, I took a nap and um, just watched Berg stream for a bit. And um, that sounds like a good day. Yeah. yeah, I'll be playing some uh, Valorant tomorrow on the stream too. And, um, you know, just gonna get some film stock tomorrow as well and hopefully shoot on Saturday. Nice. So, fucking nice, summer nice, solstice nice. on Saturday though. Holy shit, man. It's gonna be hot as all hell. Dude. Hey, also these mosquitoes are, are are crazy, bro. Fuck, these mosquitoes are killing me, man. But, they don't uh, have to deal with that too much. It's too fucking yeah. hot here. Yeah, they don't care over here, dude. Apparently, Brad's like, oh, but when I lived in Mississippi, that was a big problem. <laughs> the, <I'm trying> <laughs> carry me, carry me away. Yeah. Oh. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, dude. But um, today we're gonna be discussing uh 1969's Fellini Satyricon. Um. Because what's it called? Uh, this was the last one that we had to do for our Fellini month back in January, but it's not January right now. And uh, we I, for, I never, forget why we missed that. But anyway, we just we got, had we got so to much it. things to do, dude. Yeah, we got to it. Yeah, um, we're playing catch up right now, so we pretty much got through more than half of the things that we needed to finish from from the from the stuff. It's like we're gonna do booty call next Monday, um, and then at least Thursday we I want to do. Um, I want to do at least one film for Pride Month, and we're gonna have Geo come on, so we're gonna watch something for that. But like, I'm proud to say that we got past a good amount of movies from the mm -hmm. stuff that we have left over to do. So we've been um, grinding, we've been grinding like usual. Yeah. So, um, Brad, are you ready? <laughs> as ready as, as ready as I'll ever, ever be. Yep. Yep. All right. Let me go ahead and introduce you all to Fellini Satiricon. Uh, <clears throat> I only have like. Two sentences. sentences. Dude, what the fuck, man? This like, is like, why thing? does Transformers have like a whole fucking page? And this from 1969 has two sentences. Yeah. Fellini Satyricon, or simply Satyricon, is a 1969 Italian fantasy drama film written and directed by Federico Fellini. And loosely, most importantly, go ahead and pay attention to that word, loosely based on Petronius's work, Satyricon. Written, written during the reign of Emperor Nero and set in Imperial Rome. The film is divided into nine episodes following uh, Encolpius Encopius and his friend, Ach I, I rem if I remember correctly, he pronounced it Achilto, Achilto as they try to win uh, the heart of a young boy named Giton. Giton. Giton within a surreal, within a, pay attention y'all here, 
within a surreal and dreamlike Roman landscape. Let me go ahead and repeat that for y'all. Within a surreal and dreamlike Roman landscape. Um, so before I actually get more into it, I do want to read a little bit of the production stuff here because I think it's just really interesting. Fellini's project <laughs> saw competition from another film title, Satyricon, released the same year, also developed by the same lab who was developing the negatives for it. Um, <coughs> producer Alfredo Bini had registered the Satyricon title in 1962 when Fellini and his producer Alberto Grimaldi started work on their film, Bini contracted Gianluigi Poldiro to direct his own version. Grimaldi sued Bini to halt the competing film, but lost. As a result, uh, Fellini's picture was titled Fellini Satiricon to distinguish it. Co-screenwriter Bernardino Zappioni noted that Fellini used a deliberately jerky form of dubbing that caused the dialogue to appear out of sync with the actor's lips. This was in keeping with his original intention of creating a profound sense of estrangement throughout the film. Um, also, it is really it would be really interesting to tell you all that Petronius' original work of Satyricon only literally exists in like fragments. It's supposed to be a book of like a thousand pages, but only 200 pages exist. Hmm. So like literally... Fellini decided to like create his own version of it because, you know, that work just didn't exist to like adapt. And um, so he kind of, what's it called? Decided to go all out with it and really make it his way. Literally, bro, the, 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 the trailer, if you watch it, it says Satyricon before Christ, after Fellini. <laughs> oh man so brad um i would i guess i'll just what's it called ask you first man because you're you're the one who like i introduced you to this man you know we watched some great films eight and a half though chivita uh knights of Kiberia. we were you liked you liked amarcord you know but they didn't you know highly they weren't as highly regarded as like dolce vita in mm -hmm. half and and nights of Kiberia. and i'm in the same way you know my my top 10 after to after today is still the same it's in the half number one the uh, Kiberia two and i'm record three what's it called uh they, this didn't change anything but uh i want to know from you first uh what did you think um <laughs> this movie's an acid trip it really fucking is um First off, I got to say, the dubbing on this thing had me confused for at least 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, I'm sitting there just changing the dub on the, the fucking DVD. DVD. <laughs> Trying to figure out, like, okay, I can understand these few characters, yeah. but I can't understand these characters. Like, is there something wrong with, with, with my dub edition? And, and it just it ends up being, no, they just fucking... They didn't record those subtitles. They just did Italian. And so it just it makes it even more engrossingly difficult to follow. Mm. I will say this movie has some amazing shots. It is Fuck. beautiful in places. It is yeah. so beautiful in places. In most of it, the set designs on this thing are crazy. And Brad, just, can you believe it's three million dollars? Back when 1969? Yeah. I wonder what what's that in today's currency, because I I really feel like they spent a lot of fucking money on this, like they oh. had to, like they had a giant yeah. Caesar head, 
<laughs> dude, it's three million, dude. But it made its money back. I mean, eight million dollars alone in Italy, and like about four million out in the U.S. and Canada. I, I mean, was it was Fellini big at this time? Oh was yeah, this was no, his later remember? movies. Yes, this is sixty nine. So he was. This was after Dolce. So hold on, let me go ahead and read this first. Uh, loosely based surreal landscape. So he borrowed the title of the work and not much else. He he only included some different stuff in there that like he kind of like took inspiration from the book. But like I said, the book was only 200 pages left, bro. Like there, there was a lot of material that's not in there, but um, he, this, like the, the bit of the hermaphrodite bread that mm -hmm. that's not in the book. That's not in the book. You know, he decided to add that himself. Um, but like, there's a lot of stuff in this, in this movie that like he decided to like, m you know, expand upon, but he still kind of kept to like the idea of like ancient Rome. So well, from, from my understanding, <clears throat> from what I got from this movie, it's a bunch of different tales kind of mm -hmm. following the same two characters in there. Yeah. And you know, I followed that. So, but it, it, it's gets so jumbled up in there in some places. It, it's kind of confusing, um, which, you know, as you said, now that I know Satyricon, it wasn't a full, like, or, yeah, it wasn't a full book or title for him to follow. <laughs> it makes sense that he would jump around, and it makes sense at the ending of this movie when you just have pieces of a yeah. wall hanging up that you don't have the whole story. So yeah. it makes sense in a way. Um, it, it is. I, I It was not a very enjoyable viewing for the most part for me, <laughs> just because at first I'm just frustrated at the subtitles. And just frustration on a few other levels throughout the movie of just yeah. like, I, I want to kind of understand what's going on, but at the same time, it's very it's, chaotic. It's, it's very chaotic. It really yeah. is. Um, but movie's beautiful. I, yeah. I give him that. I the shots, the frames, the coloring, the acting in this is great from what I can tell. Um, it's, it's just, it's, it's like you said, it's a chaotic mess in a way. Yeah. And I understand why, like he really wanted to create the, like the whole dreamlike aspect and really, so like, so I'll tell you this, Brad, what's go. So this comes before, you know, this is after, you know, he, this is after he won the best foreign language film for La Strada. This is after he won for best, uh, for best foreign film for foreign language film for Nights of Cabiria. This is after the Dolce Vita, you know, you know, it blew up his career. And he, this is after he won for eight and a half. This is. So this is like a pet project probably. So this, like something this he was wanted like, to do. But this is also like after he kind of got sick, you know, he got sick and he was like, you know, he was struggling, but you know, he, he, um, after, so I want to say it's not just after this, it's, it's after Amar Kors when you really start to see Fellini's career kind of get really weird yeah. and like, He's like, he's doing stuff that he just hadn't done before that just doesn't work as much as, you know, um, as, as the, as the other stuff, like, you know, my professor, uh, Alessandro Carrera, I would love to read you all a passage from the book. Cause he has two chap He has two chapters in the book devoted just to Satyricon. That's crazy. None of the other movies have like multiple chapters. This movie has two chapters devoted to it. But it's holding up my camera right now, so it can be up like here. So I'm not about to do that because <laughs> then you're literally just gonna get like me up here, and then this is all gonna be black from the back of the monitor. I mean, you ain't got another book. 
I need to go buy get another book from the house and put that <laughs> one up there. Shut up. Um, so Fellini had like just you know he 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 had his career saved by Dolce Vita. He's already like prominently you know known. He's already you know has this grand career of his, and like to me, this this when I say this y'all, this is as Fellini esque as you can get. I told you, this man makes weird fantastical films that are either downright crazy or like there's some of the most, you know, grounded, beautiful work you can watch like Kabiria. And then you have this where it's like all over the place. The, the, the performances are fantastical and over the top. And like, you are just like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. For most of the, for most of the film. And, and at the same token, your eyes are glued to the screen. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck is going to happen next? And then yeah. it just cuts. And then you're like, well, that guy was dead before, but he's here here doing yeah. poetry again. Like, where do we get? Okay, the dude is wearing a minotaur head, and now he's hugging him. Yeah. Okay, sure. And now he, he's going to have sex, but he, he can't get it up. So yeah. <laughs> now, now he's going on an uh, uh, adventure to see a a priestess yeah. to get his dick hard. By the way, my favorite scene where, so I think the last 30 minutes of this film is probably one of the biggest acid trips you can ever take. Like th that last, those last 30 minutes are incredible. I love every single moment of them inside the, what's it called? The garden of delights. Mm -hmm. Like just those shots of us going back and forth on the rocking thing that was going like that. Just incredible. But also just how chaotic it is. It like literally Kim just getting up and be like, I want to be cured. Just cure me. It's like, oh man, I, I love those scene, but um, I'm telling you, man, I, it's like, I need to rewatch this, um, you know, sooner, uh, sooner than later. I, again, uh, I'm probably, well, I'm going to rewatch it again. Cause I have to do the episode of between the frames on it. When I get to this, this movie uh, on the set, but, um, I had to rewatch this because, like, yes, this is Fellini's. Like, literally, if you can create a Fellini's Rome, this is Fellini's Rome. Like, he wanted to concentrate not on just the subconscious of the ancient Romans, but like also concentrate on what you know that before Christ thing is like that life. Like how, like, literally, none of these people are like anywhere near to having a moral compass of giving a fuck about anything. No, no, no. and like in a sense, like that just really does kind of represent like the mind of Federico Fellini and how like chaotic it is at times. And you know how this man just like really throughout this film is just hard to follow what he wants to say, but like you're glued to it and you're like, Holy shit, dude, this can only be made by you. This is literally only a movie that only Federico can make. I, I highly believe that. I doubt that anybody else, like, there's a reason that other movie is not as well known as this one. No. No. No, and the, this is some, it's hard to say, but we've seen a lot of movies, Raul, in the oh, yeah. four or five years we've watched this. There's yeah. nothing like this movie. Kurosawa no. never did anything like this. No, no. Tarantino never did anything like this. This yeah. is This is fucking out there. Yeah. This is really out there, like, just... So first of all, just the idea of like none of the Latin is 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 translated. Like only yeah, the Italian, only like, the Italian I, is translated. Would the and, Latin have helped though? That is my question. After a while, would so, that Latin have helped me like follow it? I was anymore? watching trailers from Hell, 
from with John Landis. Uh, I I don't like Landis, you know, but you know, so I was like, I need to get some content right now on on this movie so I can get an idea. He said he watched this movie first when he was in Italy, like he was shooting a film in in Europe in, uh, in Yugoslavia, and then he like what's it called? Went to Italy, watched this film in 1969. He watched it with no subtitles because of course it's in Italy. It's going to be in Italian. Yeah. Um, and then he watched it years later. But the, the subtitles in the United States, um, not in the United States, somewhere else, but the subtitles were only in French and German. And then he watched it again. And he only watched it, and he watched it, and he finally watched it with the English subtitles. And he, he said, I realized that those subtitles don't mean shit. You know, this movie isn't about what's being said. This it's more being so shown on the screen. Being shown on the screen. Just the emotion of a lot of that. Yeah. And the and just the, the the insanity, when the the big fucking oven, like that thing oh, yeah. was huge. That yeah. thing was frightening, and they're going to throw a man in it because the rich guy said to. Yeah, um, and just of course, like um, you know, um, I think it's like one of the first time the Fellini actually works with like American and British actors. You know, he doesn't really have much Italian actors in here. Um, and um, you know it works, man. Like yeah, I I, I like these performances. Can, can, but, you I just, know, can I just say there are some very pretty men in this? Like they literally gorgeous. look like ancient Romans. Like gorgeous. they look like and, them. And my my wife my wife walked in as I'm watching this up in my loft, and she looks at it and she goes, "These men can put their makeup." on better than i can and i'm just like italians yeah. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> italians i don't know um and just so brad i found this really hilarious so like at the festival so like remember when i told you like that like before like critics hated fucking fellini like they didn't like any of his movies you know and then of course once dolce vita comes in like his work starts to do fairly good uh this one was like one of the one one of the main one of the small amounts that were like just generally positively loved. Like they love this movie in Italy. So because Italians it, are insane. <laughs> this the tickets to watch this film at the fest at Venice were being sold for $3.20. But this movie was so loved and they were sold out that people were selling them and the black market for a hundred dollars a piece. Oh, them them first fucking scalpers, the PS5. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, dude. It's just God nuts, damn man. It. And um, it's yeah. all over. <laughs> um, and of course, in, in the United States, this does really well. Like people love this too. But like, I just I'm I'm watching this. And I'm you know I can't even say like. So I'm, I'm I watch this and I, and usually most of the time I just come on here and I talk about how like oh Nino's score Nino wrote the score is just amazing how I love this score. I don't think I can listen to this score without this movie playing. Because, like, this score is, like, incredibly anxiety-induced. And, like, uh -huh. I'm telling you, like, I feel like it's because we're kind of trying to, like, journey into the psyche in this film. And we're, like, looking at this dreamlike. So he, try he needs to go, like, really weird in it and really go really chaotic in it. But I was like, wow, this score is really good. But I can't listen to this after I'm done with this movie. I can't put this on, like... No, it's like very... It's very, it makes you very anxious, which I think is the whole point of the fucking film. Yeah. Is this film, like you said, it's chaos. This film yeah. is chaos. This film is Vellini's take on ancient Rome, which, which with the Emperor Nero, it probably was chaos. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just so interesting how, like, you know, of course, um, they're always, what's it called? They say, like, this is like before Christ, but like, you know, Emperor Nero's, um, 
Emperor Nero's reign was already after Christ. Like it was just, I was after Christ was born. So, you know, this is, it was interesting, but of course I think that Fellini just wants to concentrate on like, you know, the Romans with no moral compass of Christianity being in, in their, in their, in their, um, in their brains. Like this is like literally just, what's it called? Um, this is the Romans before any of that stuff became important and they were having sex with anybody. They were living. It's so interesting, Bracha, like even in like this ancient Roman piece, Fellini still finds a way to criticize consumer culture and consumerism. You know, it's not as like high society life criticism as it was like in Dolce Vita, but in here, mm -hmm. like, yeah, like it's like, he's, he's saying a lot of stuff that's like criticism. And, and in a way I feel like also he's kind of saying like, you know, we weren't as better off before Christianity and the Catholic church bringing down our necks, but you know, we're still kind of fucked up creatures, but that, you know, that's, that's the, that's the brain for us and how, you know, lost we are within the psyche. Yeah. But, um, he's just, I mean, I'm just watching it, this film. Kind and of I'm showing, just, not showing society how it is just yeah. full of selfishness. Really? Yeah. Just, I, 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 I mean, we, we, we saw it like when the, the poet was going to drag the oven, no one gave a fuck. Like even the dude, like he he showed up with, didn't give a fuck. Like, all right, yeah. you're gonna die, I guess. Yeah. Later. Yeah. <clears throat> and then of course, um, you know, what's it called? When they when they put him in the boat to go to this remote island with um with with uh with with I with Caesar, um, and then just like they're all just like 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 there's nothing really much being done in that boat. They're all just kind of like messing with each other and you just hear them all like yell and stuff and like get on each other. And then yeah. somebody wants to have a Greco Roman match. And then he, 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 what's it called? Um, he, what's the word is I'm trying to look for. He impresses the guy who he's having the Greco Roman match. So he marries him and then the guy gets killed. And it's like, yeah. what is just, going just, on here? It's just a fucking, you hold on and you pray to God. You don't fall off. And, yeah. um, yeah, so I, I learned something from this film, like something that you think I would have been taught in a history class. I didn't realize um, Caesar or Kaiser um, was a title. Yeah. 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 So, so Julius Caesar, we all know. That's who I always thought, like Caesar. But no, after Caesar, they just called him Caesar because he was like yeah. the best emperor. So yeah, new like Caesar, Caesar yeah. Nero. <laughs> yeah, I, I always had wondered about that too. And I was just like, oh, wait, that's what you mean. By the way, the one who played that new emperor, come, no, no, the old emperor, like the, those, I'm telling you, dude, he got some people that literally look like those Roman statues. Like he, the jawline was literally like how those Roman emperors looked. Yeah, I, I yeah just, he really did. I was looking up Nero and I'm like, yeah, that looks, looks, kind of like, that looks like Nero. Yeah, yeah. It looks like Nero. What the fuck? All right. Yeah. All right, Fellini. You, you did homework and casting. <laughs> we sure. had Ray Stevens in the score, but different days. <laughs> oh, man. I, I just, I, I'm telling you, man, it's just, this movie's I, nuts. Um, I, I mean, like I said, it's, it's in a first watch, it's hard to enjoy it just because it's, yeah. it's chaos. It's, I, I mean, it's, bunch of pretty pictures it's just i can't really follow it until i think about like okay it's pieces it's pieces yeah. of a story another story another story yeah. just following kind of these two characters um but i will say that the ending there when he loses his i guess friend frenemy his frenemy throughout the yeah. film total just wave of sadness oh yeah like i felt that yeah I'm just like I, I, I throughout the film, like, you know, of course, um, 
he he this guy is like he's he hates his guts because he took like this love of his life and then just like at the end he's like oh fuck man i lost my friend like that was that but that was that was a heartbreaking scene where he's like he's like who do you want to be with and the dude's like him <laughs> and then an earthquake <laughs> yeah it's like oh this, this was me trying to figure out the subtitles too and i'm just like I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> yeah, but um, I just I gotta say, what's it? I'm I'm really interested. I want to see what Ebert said about this because uh, oh, he he probably jerked off too. It was like I love it. Like this is so yeah. much better than Taste of Cherry. <laughs> oh yeah, fuck him. <laughs> you know what's it called? Uh, yeah, that's not that's not my fucking question. Um, let's see, Fellini, Satyricon. Um, fucking Stacy. I've heard Caesar salad was a brutal ruler, though. No, only on the stomach. <laughs> Ebert. Oh my god. Okay, Roger Ebert. Let's see if he. Of course, he four did. stars. Four fucking stars roll. Yeah. Um, Felicia Satirica is like seventy. I was writing for it. Some will say it's a bloody, depraved, disgusting film. I wrote in a fever, indeed. People by by the dozens were escaping from the sneak preview I attended, but Fellini's Satyricon is a masterpiece all the same. And films that dare everything cannot please everybody. Today, I'm not sure it's a masterpiece, except an ex- as an expression of the let it all hang out spirit of the 1970 world that we both then occupied. <laughs> but it is so much more ambitious and audacious than most of what we see today that simply as a reckless gesture, it shares these timid times. Films like these, like this, are a reminder of how machine-made and limited recent product has become. The movie is based on the book of Greek, degenerate versions of Roman and Greek myth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so it's a called founded pragmatic forms. Petronius was a, sur- a surreal, a sensual, sensualist who celebrated and mocked sexual de- decadence at the same time. So does Fellini, who although who desert, who observes th- uh, that although the wages of sin may be death, it's nice work if you can get it. it li- I love that. It's nice work if you can get it. <laughs> yeah, because oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Roger Ebert's at a fucking higher level than most. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, because like obviously he really gets it all, right? Not like he was wrong as hell about Taste of Cherry, but um, yeah, man. I just look. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to call it a masterpiece because I don't think it is at the moment. Like I really have to like, I need to sit back. I need to rewatch it and really understand. Cause like when I think masterpiece and I think Fellini, I'm thinking Kabiri, I'm thinking about eight and a half. I'm thinking about Dolce Vita. I'm thinking about Omar Court. I'm thinking about these very personal films, but that he's also taken the chance to like give his, surrealist take but this is also another film which gives a surrealist take i, I mean i got i gotta say it has some of the most beautiful scenes man has ever shot that i've seen yeah. it has it has that it has beauty yeah. and it has some sets some set designs that are just they can't there's no other movie that i know of that competes with that yeah. some of those set design they're crazy they yeah. are crazy and beautiful and wonderful to look at it's just this movie story and just the fact, I, I don't know, maybe if I knew Latin and Italian, I could have followed it better. Yeah. But the fact I have to, you know, I need subtitles, it might take something away from it for me. And yeah. it, it just keep leaves me like lost in a way. Yeah. I think next time I watch this, I really have to put it into my head. Like, don't try to pay attention too much at what's being said. Just, but instead, what's it. being shown? Wait, are, are we supposed to like just feel it? 
No, not Christopher <laughs> Nolan. I think more so like let us just be observers of Roman debauchery. <laughs> Which, you know, you know, I should watch this with you like yeah. in a second review and we just watch it. Like turn off the subtitles, just fucking watch it. Yeah. And maybe, just maybe, it'll be far more enjoyable because we don't have to worry about what they're saying. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Yeah. This would be a really nice commentary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, I just, I, I'm going to go ahead and give Svelini uh, uh, Satyricon a uh, 8 out of 10. It's a 4 out of 5 on my on my letterbox. And um, it is the, it is, if I remember correctly, I have it under Variety Lights, but above the White Sheik. Which, by the way, Brad, for Variety Lights, if you go and watch that, uh, pretty pleasant film. It's his first film he ever worked on uh, with another director, though. He co-directed it. Uh, it's really pleasant. It's pretty good also. But um, yeah, I put that one. Yeah, it's like, so it's like not my least favorite, but it's also like not a movie that I highly regard. This, this movie, even though it's chaotic, deserves a second watch. Yeah. I will say that. Yeah. Um, but I'm just, I'm glad I got to explore this one because this was one that I had like, you know, I was going to watch it because I'm doing the damn run through the whole set. You know, I was going to watch this, but like, I was just kind of putting, putting it off and I'm like, oh man, like, I really wonder how this is going to be. Cause like I had like all, most of my friends on Letterboxd, like they all have it like under four stars. And I'm like, huh, some, one of my friends has it at two and a half. And I'm like, I don't, I don't. You know, it doesn't deserve a two and a half. Like a Venom deserves a two and a half. This, <laughs> this, 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 well, Venom might not even deserve that, but lower than a two and a half too. Yeah. Um, but this, this movie, like there's a story there. There's yeah. amazing visuals to this. Um, there's the, the acting is great. Like this movie has all of it. It's just so chaotic in a way. And I think maybe that's because we focus too much on the subtitles and trying to understand what, yeah. you know, is going on when we just should just be watching what's going on. Yeah. And, and you know, maybe that's why I don't. But no, this movie's not a two and a half. It's 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 far more like a like at least a three and a half to four for me. Yeah. And for that, I give it an eight and a half. All right, man. Eight and a half. <laughs> no pun intended. Right. Um, the white sheik, the second failed uh, Sergeant Slaughter heel turn. God. <laughs> oh man! But um, of course I got like just who I think I can what's it called give the biggest praise on here? Fucking Guisape, Guisape Rotuno, who was the who was the DP on this, the cinematographer. God damn, bro! Well, I wonder who the set designer was. Yeah, like, I fucking like set design. I want to know who the set design, the production designer was, because like, Christ. oh my god, man, I just I can't believe that this was three million dollars. Like, I, I want to know, like, but this is nineteen sixty nine. Three million dollars is a lot of money in nineteen sixty nine. Mm-hmm. You'd have to give me what the dollar amount was like in today's dollars. Yeah, yeah, I probably because have- we see three million and today like fucking nothing. That's like yeah. Kevin Smith movie nothing. Yeah, like and Kevin Smith really now today can't make a movie for ten or fifteen million. Yeah, no, I mean also the man just refuses to work that for that much. Yeah, yeah. I but, love but, how we said on three... this podcast that he's like, I can't make movies like Christopher Nolan. I don't know what to do with all that money. <laughs> that, like, 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 just make sales. Like, I don't know. I, but yeah. you, to me, you don't need all that fucking money. Like, yeah. if you have a vision. And you got a fucking chair, you can be rolled around like Robert Rodriguez and make some good shit. Yeah. 
wanna I wanna just check how much did Dolce Vita cost? Because Dolce Vita had to cost a good amount of buck. Um so oh this is gonna have a fucking budget on here. But I mean that movie made a shit ton of money, bro. Like a shit ton of money. Fucking twenty million, almost twenty million dollars alone in the United States. God damn. Right, but also, so, yeah, Dolce Vita was was filmed mostly in like a lot of it was filmed on location too, like in the streets of Rome. But um, okay, yeah. okay. So here, here is the dollar amount. So nineteen sixty nine, three million in today's dollar amount after inflation is a little more than twenty two million, which <laughs> which is still very low. Yeah, yeah, because like I look at this and I look at set design. There's a fucking giant Caesar head coming yeah. at me, bro. Easily like around seventy-five to 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 to, to hundred million, dude. Like easily. That's not. That's still. That's actually still considered like low budget filmmaking. Like yeah. you having what, to hit what the first Deadpool was. What fifty million? Yeah, and like that's me. Like Joker and then they have, like, 50 most of the X-Men. Yeah, Joker was fifty mil. Like yeah. That's that's technically low budget today. Damn, dude. Oh man, that's wild. But um, look, man. Um, I'm just I'm 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 making my way through this set, and I'm really enjoying what's it called what I'm doing with this because like I just I'm, I I love this man. I love this man's film. I don't understand this man. I don't understand. It. But like it's it's kind of hard to really understand. Like you know you look at you look at who Federico was. Um, uh, that's an episode of Loki or Vision. Maybe and that's 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 not even an episode of Loki or Vision. That's like. That's like half an episode. That's not even like a quarter of an episode of Mandalorian. No. Um, so like I but like I said, like what's it called? You know, Federico had been through a lot in his life, you know. What's it called? Not only his depressive state that, you know, almost what's it called, cost him not having, you know, his career, but also, you know, losing a child literally like two weeks after it was born. And then what's it called? Um him getting sick. And then, like him, literally having his masterpiece set out, sets being built for his film, and then like he would he called Dino and was like, "I can't make this movie. I can't. I can't make this movie." And you know, so like to really understand Federico's mind a lot in all these movies, I think I have to understand Federico as a person, and I think that's just not possible. Like I, 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 I think that man is just, I don't know. I, I don't think the, I can understand. The him. man is a visionary for sure. Visionary director. I put him up there with Kurosawa on yeah. just like black and white film. And like, and this as you know, a film with color is very good. Like yeah. visually just breathtaking. Um, yeah. So he's, he's a top tier director in my eyes. Yeah. Like, and I know you, you came in this to be like, Brad's probably not going to like this because Fellini tells him, tells his actors to exaggerate his actors, and actresses exaggerate, exaggerate <laughs> your motions. This. Yes. I felt it. I felt the exaggeration in <laughs> all of it. Um, yeah. But the previous films, you know, I just thought they were Italian. <laughs> um, I really want you to watch Roma because there's just this great scene in Roma where, what's it called? They're like outside, they're eating, and like his this man's like wife is just mad at him and he's like, like in, in Italian saying like, just get over here, I love you, okay? Just come over here and eat the food. <laughs> Well, haven't I'm we sorry. all been there? Married men, haven't we all been there? Yeah. Get over here, get over here, eat the yeah. fucking food. Yeah, but Roma is also another one where it's like it's not really much of like a spoken story. It's more so like 
the observation of how Roma is and how Roma, how, what he knew about Roma when he got there, and his it's his love letter to Rome. There's not much of a need of a much. But but dialogue. here's the thing, Roll. Isn't every fucking movie from Fellini a love letter to Rome? Like yeah. all the scenery, it's just a love letter to Rome. A lot of his films are the love letter to the circus. It's a love letter to Rome. It's a love letter to what's it called? Um, to, apparently, to, to, apparently to, to, to Italy. Because goddamn. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, man, I'm just um, I'm 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 glad that we got to do this, and uh, I can't wait to rewatch it when I have to do my episode on Between the Frames. Um, but with that said, it's been a lot of fun, y'all, and um, I want to say thank you all so much for for being here. Uh, Stacy, thanks for always being in the chat, bro. It means a lot. Yeah. Uh, always coming in with the nice puns and the nice jokes, and also That's always supporting, always supporting us and being in here, man. Thanks. Um, want to thank our Patreon producers, Patreon supporters, and our Patreon producers and writers. Thank you all so much for being the wonderful people that you are. Thank you so much for uh, for for making these shows happen. As always, we want to thank our associate producer Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Without you, it's not possible. And uh, I want to thank our executive producer Shane, where you can find him, Brad. You can follow our friend Shane at twitch.tv slash XSRK or on Twitter at XSRK underscore. Also, go buy something from the homie at thrifted.io.com. Suppy God for life. This is so interesting. I'm looking at the criterion. What's it called? Uh, the entry for it. So, like, what's it called? Like, the page where you buy it. And it says, like, literally the last, the last sentence. Create an apparent chaos with exquisite control. Fellini constructs a weird, weird, weird old world that feels like science fiction. It kind of does in places. It's real life science fiction. I mean, I thought like I was watching a play there at some point. Oh yeah, yeah. Very, well, like throughout, the beginning, like there's a play. And, well, and not even just the play, but like throughout, like most of the movie, it's like you know, because like some of the sets it just had paintings on the walls and shit. Yeah. So you like you're watching a play in a way. But um, and I just um, what's it called? Want to thank our writers as always. We want to thank the wonderful uh, Brown Rice ninety six. Thank you, Bryce, thank you, Bryce. For and um, uh, you can find them everywhere at Brown Rice ninety six. And we also want to thank our wonderful Tony. Hey, Tony, you're my TikTok friend. Yeah, I can't. I can't get Tony to watch this. I can't get him to watch this. I don't. I, I don't I also, think Tony would find this enjoyable. <laughs> no, I think Tony's be like, what the fuck did you make me watch, bro? Yeah, it's kind of like my first reaction. I'm like, what the the fuck dude um but we also want to thank uh oh that's it yeah every nerdy dad on twitter thank you um and as always we hope all of y'all had a wonderful time with us we will see you all for next week when we come back for our review of booty call booty. and we're inviting booty. burke made on with us hell yeah booty call. hell yeah bro hell yeah burke. a debut of burke on the main show ain't that cool yep Yes, sir. But um, as always, you what's it called? You can just catch up with us tomorrow on the Nerdcore live show as we talk Loki episode two. And on Saturday again for the live show. And then Sunday we're off because it's Father's Day and I'm also going to be editing. And as always, it's been a wonderful day. And uh, Brad, go ahead and send them out. All right, Earl. Thank you being hosts as always. Thank you to our wonderful listeners and Patreon supporters. We appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you to Stacey for joining us in chat today. The homie always showing up. Um, and I guess to end this episode, I'll just say, um, any Italians out there want to teach my wife how to put on makeup? I'm just saying, <laughs> Italian. y'all some pretty men, young yeah. yoda out.